0: welcome back to the baseball podcast i'm here to report on this tragic day that we recorded an intro for this podcast the day that we filmed it and it was truly horrific it was unlistenable too i think we should release it anyway just to be it, safe it literally
1: like the audio was so bad it was literally us being like so it's it get it eric and you can it, thanks for yeah, on show it was brutal dude it was horrible
0: we're back here to to redo it you know and uh i gotta say you know i'm feeling pretty good about this one i feel like this is this is gonna be a better intro you think we're gonna do it do what just make okay. it happen? i've had about enough of you <laughs> <laughs> so tom
1: tom did you enjoy our chat today or whenever we did? No, it.
0: we did not. Well, we did have a chat today, but it was not the one that, that you're talking about That's on the true. podcast. We did have an excellent chat about an, an article I wrote about Albert Pujols.
1: About Albert Pujols' lifetime zero ERA.
0: Which you should link, by the way.
1: Yeah, I can put it um, in.
0: But, yes, you know what? I would say we had a lovely chat with a certain uh, Canadian representative of Australia League Baseball. Um, yeah, I think... Um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one, okay? Because let me tell you something. This guy, this guy rules. That's all I'll say on the matter. Yeah? I'm keeping mum about the rest <laughs> of it.
1: <laughs> we, we had on. You ready for his title, Tom?
0: No, I'm not ready. Hold on.
1: Okay, I'm ready now. Now you're to zen state. We had on... We had on Eric Balnar, media content and broadcast manager of Baseball Australia. He was previously, I believe, he said the assistant general manager of the Perth Heat. Hey, thanks for uh, making sure to open your bottle on the air.
0: You know what? Sure thing, bud.
1: (laughs) Um, But Eric, so Eric uh, has been involved with the Australian Baseball League for I think close to ten years um like day-to-day operations player you know acquisition that kind of thing and uh and now he recently moved into a role with baseball australia so it's not a team specific one now he's working to promote the game of baseball as a whole so it was a really cool chat about baseball in australia the abl um the growth of the game there and 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 we of course we got into the world baseball classic and that kind of thing so it was awesome i hope you guys enjoy i hope you guys enjoy it as much as i'm enjoying
0: tom's shirt right now yeah yeah my very casting you know, Look.
1: <laughs> so, what happened? What had happened was, Tom texted me, or I texted Tom when Nick Cassiano's a few days ago had that. No, no, no.
0: Hold on. This story starts before that. There's a prologue. Yeah. So, I came home from the gym the other day, and and my brother, you, know, you guys know the the illustrious Brian, um, he was laying on my bed, right? <laughs> and
1: now what a good start.
0: He had a button-down shirt on, and he had, like, three buttons undone. And we were we were getting up to go somewhere. So I'm like, yeah, all right. And I'm like, let's go. So he gets up, and I see that he has his three buttons undone. And I was like, you know, it's a very Nick Castellanosian look. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, like, he doesn't really watch the Phillies, so I explained to him, like, oh, well, Nick Castellanos doesn't wear an undershirt under his jersey, and he wears, like, three buttons undone and it's 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 very very cool okay
1: you Say as brian so eloquently puts things it's very greco roman it could be it could it, be it, it's he's a very sexual player nick <laughs> am i wrong though like he's, he's wait hold on not that there's anything wrong with that
0: <laughs> i would call i would call nick Cassiano's a beefcake whoa You know, I might be willing to extend that title
1: Have you ever seen those Jim Palmer underwear ads? No. Oh, it's the greatest, (laughs) dude. Yeah. Apparently, Jim Palmer, like... So you're saying
0: you look at them and you say... Wow, dude, this is awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, apparently, Jim Palmer in the 70s, like, made waves by, like, modeling for underwear ads. Apparently, he was, like, in the time, like, a sex symbol. He's, like, super hot. Yeah. that's Nick Cassianos, man. He's always he's got the chest hair popping. He's a good looking guy. He he's always got the chain. He's got the chain, man. He, Dude, he, he's a sexual man.
0: So, once I described my brother as Castellanosian, <clears throat> I went downstairs to to put a different shirt on because he told me that I had that gym bouquet, and I was like, "Why? Yes, I do." <laughs> so I put this shirt on. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be Nick Castellanosian as well. <laughs> so we were both walking around just chest hair into the max. <laughs> and now now being Castellanosian is a thing for us. So
1: Yeah, well, so what I said was I saw I saw that, that Nick Castellanos play a few days ago where he, like, saved the game by catching it in foul territory and throwing out Luke Williams at the plate. I texted Tom and was like, oh, my gosh, Castellanos with an amazing play or whatever. And Tom texts me back and he sends that picture and he goes, it must be the picture. That's <laughs> like, really yeah,
0: because I took a, I took a selfie whilst being Castellanos. You said
1: that to me, I'll put it up on the screen.
0: I, you already have it. I've sent it to you. Oh like yeah, you're right. I it. yeah,
1: you're right. Um, so, but so
0: since I, since I began being Castianosian, Nick Castellanos has been on absolute tear. So I'm going to be taking all the credit for that. <laughs>
1: It's yeah, it's amazing. But so Tom texted me that and he said it was very Castianosian of him. And I was like, I read that as like Geonosian from Star Star Wars, like Geonosian. And I,
0: I said <laughs> you read it well, brother.
1: We're morons, dude. Somebody out there is like, you know, like, oh wow, Eric ballnar I know that guy. I'm gonna listen to that podcast he's on. And they're like ten minutes in, like, what are these two doing? Yeah,
0: they're they're ten minutes in and they're going like <laughs>
1: We're talking about Nick Castellanos' <laughs> chest
0: hair. Yeah, why are they talking about Nick Castellanos being a beefcake?
1: <laughs> I mean, am I wrong?
0: No, you know what? You're not wrong. Not at all. Okay. Um... Th- there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, brother. I gotta Honestly, say, we
1: should have gotten Eric's opinion on, on Nick Castellanos. We should
0: have been. I actually managed to. I, I unintentionally deceived him into thinking that I was a diehard Mariners.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about that.
0: I didn't want to like argue with them on the podcast. I I I was just wearing Mariners stuff because I like it. And like, yeah, I do like the Mariners. But, you know, at the end of the day, like obviously I'm more of a Castellanosian fan
1: well but think about it though like if you're if you're some guy who works in baseball and these two idiots hit you up and are like hey you want to come on our show sure yeah no problem you're not gonna like go back and listen to all their other episodes and be like oh wow they must be
0: phillies fans maybe you're not but like he maybe you're not but well, wait up. he knew you were a phillies fan
1: uh, yeah because i had told him in our emails that i was in philadelphia um so i, I think assumed, but if he just hops on and sees some dude wearing mariners stuff then he just assumes you're Mariners. and god bless eric too because he kept re- referring back to that and being like, yeah you know, yeah these abl players are really like, jake fraley mariners guy for you yeah. brian roland like, smith Well, and you're he's sitting on there the mariners
0: like, broadcasting team I,
1: I really like that you're sitting there like yeah he was mariners yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: I felt so bad because I wasn't like intentionally deceiving him, but I was like kind of. How
1: came no, it's on. just not worth getting it. Like, what's the point in me like actually? a
0: another fan.
1: Yeah, I am a Phillies fan. Actually, yeah. yeah. No, no. Thank you, Eric, for put for putting up with us. <laughs> <laughs> I know and also because i already edited this pretty much we just had to re-record an intro and at the end like i realized because i remember at the end i asked him to play omer descends with us and then i asked him like one more question or whatever and like four (sighs) different times i was like eric i know you got to go and then launched into one more
0: thing yeah you're really like and another thing (laughs) yeah it
1: was colombo man uh, one more thing um yeah
0: that's is that the most dated reference we've made on the podcast so far other than like when we did the podcast about like the World War One players, and we we're like talking about Harvard Eddie,
1: <laughs> Colombo. Yeah, it might be actually right.
0: Wait, uh, so, welcome to the Colombo podcast.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think I think we're ready to kick it over to Eric. I will just say, everybody out there listening, all three of you, say a prayer <laughs> because because my brother, my brother's wonderful, and he's not allegedly. A big- yeah, he's not a baseball fan. Like, he enjoys it. He doesn't, there's nothing wrong with it, but like, he doesn't pay attention to baseball. And he has a son who is five years old, and evidently he's starting to take an interest in sports. And so, my brother Aaron texted me and was like, Hey, you know, Luca's really, that's his son. He goes, Luca's really getting into, you know, sports. You want to hang out and like watch a couple, you know, a game or two together? And, you know, he's like, Cause you can teach him about it like more than I can. And I was like, Okay, let's do it. So, today they're coming over in like half an hour to watch a Phillies game. Wish me luck, man i don't know how this is gonna go
0: yeah i mean listen you have the potential to make or break a future mlb player's career here
1: are you saying that i can mold him
0: Mold him. yeah it's gonna be the darkness with bane
1: yeah i was going for Bane. yeah yeah it was-
0: molded by it <laughs> uh everybody thinks they do a good bane voice and nobody does and me included you know yeah it's, it's, it's one of those things that like eight years ago everybody was walking around going ah you think darkness is your ally and it's like mm, no you don't sound that good dude i gotta be honest
1: everybody tries to do trump and it, it doesn't go well more yeah
0: than. can we actually talk really quick about um for those of you who follow me on facebook which i'm assuming is nobody um, <laughs>
1: yes.
0: i've been having a very public reckoning with my past self <laughs> 'Cause go I ahead. keep getting it'll be like you have a memory from today in like twenty ten. And I've just posted the most cringe stuff of all time. What's the back most back in like twenty ten. Give,
1: give me give me the most cringe.
0: Um let's you know what? Let's go to the tapes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's kinda all I have posted on Facebook right now. So the most recent one. I this is from yesterday, okay? And this is a memory from September 22nd, 2010. I posted you might have just realized it or maybe you haven't yet, but it's been that way for a long, long time.
1: What does that even mean?
0: you know what that means? You know what that means? Give me another one. That wasn't funny. Give me another one. That one, that's just a little palette you know, cleanser because that one's just nonsense. It's like
1: yeah that's not really
0: cringe it's just stupid okay this is a good one this is from the day before that
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so you were on a roll
0: (laughs) yeah i was on a real tear
1: also wait Uh, 2010 you were like 18 years old
0: um i would have been 17.
1: But, but my point is you weren't like a little because like I think of like when I got a Facebook I was like eleven.
0: Right. Yeah, well, like but the, you but were like when you're eleven old. you post different cringe. You don't post different right. like You were fluidism. like pretty
1: much an adult when you were doing when you were behaving this way. Well
0: i I, I would say it's debatable whether or not a seventeen year old is basically an adult. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> now different. now that I'm thirty, I look at seventeen year olds and I'm like, Yeah, you're still a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but so this is this is the best one. I might build a bridge but be warned too many infractions and i got the dynamite prepped <laughs> why did i post this stuff also like what was wrong
1: with like me? was something going on in your life that like i don't remember that, like led you to this or were you just like like cuz that screams to me like don't cross me. You know what I you mean, mean? I, yeah,
0: that's that's like what it means.
1: But... Like, like that that screams to me like like I'm happy to be your friend, but you don't want me to be your enemy. Yeah, but don't be my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're this like 17 year old nerd, like, you're yeah. like a museum. you museum. Know yeah.
0: I mean? <laughs> um, I did really quick. I posted a status about Nick Castellanos 12 years ago. because i what is it that the baseball gods have against Philly in these last two games? Every time we get a base runner, the next batter hits into a double play. Mm. Until the until Nick the picture until the picture that was Nick Castellanos since September.
1: That's quite Castellanosian.
0: Um, in 2015, I posted officially beginning a grassroots campaign to convince the Phillies to trade for Marcelo Zuna. <laughs> <laughs> and I reposted that I, I may have said this before but wow did this age poorly <laughs> and then this this wasn't really started my, my I, I'm, re- I'm officially cancel culturing my former self okay this is the worst one it's been a long while but now I'm back and you better be ready because I'm about to lay down the law get ready for the quirkocracy <laughs> why didn't i post this stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad it really is like the quirkocracy and you know what you have to say to that you have to say that's it (laughs) that was you know what that was also 2010 September 2010 was a weird month
2: for me um, <laughs> that was not the
0: good thing
1: you ever
0: said
1: <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> read it again
0: okay hold on All right. I was seeing if I posted any other ones which I didn't
1: no, um, no, Let's see Where it is is it? we're not topping that <laughs>
0: That was what I say. I said that was what started my cancel culture uh, with myself.
1: Uh, like I want you guys to know,
0: I will be leaving the podcast over this.
1: I'm in tears. Read it again. <laughs> all right,
0: all right, ready for that? I think I had like eight Facebook friends at the time, too. Like,
1: well, like five after this.
0: After this, all
1: right. Well, you all think right.
0: it's gonna go down. To- I'm going to lose 800-something Facebook friends. Read it again. Okay. It's been a long while, but now I'm back. Back is in all caps, by the way. And you better be ready because I'm about to lay down the law. (laughs) Get ready for dot, dot, dot. New line. The Quirkocracy. (laughs) No,
1: like at the time, like, did you have an idea of like what you wanted the quirkocracy to be?
0: Like were you like, oh I'm gonna do this and this and this. Dude, like, I don't know. I didn't have a constitution drafted like...
1: <laughs> Or was this just you going, you know it would sound cool?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like a it's sort of like a uh, a technocracy. <laughs> Except I'm in charge.
1: Yeah, it's an autocracy with quirk at the top <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong
0: with you i don't know i'm sure it's still wrong with me it just was more manifest in 2010 (laughs) Uh,
1: oh my goodness dude the (laughs) the quirkocracy i want you to know have i ever laughed that hard on the podcast
0: yeah, you laugh that hard over Randy Choate.
1: Mm, Yo, you, know, you know what had me laughing this hard? I was on I was on R slash baseball the other day and there was some, I don't know, Mike Cleavager was in the news for something, and somebody put up a clip of him being interviewed, and you know what he looks like. He's got like, you know, sort of like a baby face, and he's got like the man bun and everything. Yeah. And people were dragging him because he has some off the field dramas. We don't need to get into that. But somebody in the comments just goes, Wow, that is an unattractive woman. <laughs>
0: yes where you're just melting down
1: oh my gosh man i was cracking up
0: i was cracking up all right all right
1: we got to get back to eric
0: yeah let's let's send it to eric maybe we'll release that as a bonus segment
1: yeah maybe we should separate these because people who want to actually listen to eric shouldn't be forced to listen to like 40 minutes of us going through your Facebook. Oh You're going through the highlights of. And I will family. say, I will say, really? like, like, it's not, it's not just you. Like everybody's <sighs> Facebook is great.
0: You know what I mean? Oh, dude, Brian's <laughs> is almost as good, if yeah, not but, a little like, dude, bit
1: better. Like, I'm sure my Facebook was like the worst, dude. I remember when I first got a Facebook. I was in sixth grade, right? And we had okay. just gone on a trip to to Camp Canadensis, which you're familiar. Whoa. With. Um. Yeah. It's so, cut yeah and so we went there and i remember it was like 2008 and brian wilson was like just coming on the scene as being really good and there were these pictures and there's like 11 year old ethan going remember Oh. oh dude it was it's horrifying
0: this is the same era as what I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but you trying to nickname yourself talked about this. Yeah. And settling on captain charisma. Wasn't that like kind of recently? Uh,
1: Yeah, it was. I don't remember why we talked about it, but yes, we did, did
0: have- it. recently. So but I-, <laughs> I think that what we really need to face as a people is that we were all cringe when we first got on social media. Nobody was ready for this. Okay. Everybody's parents were like, Oh no, no, no. It, don't put, you know, just, don't just stream of consciousness onto, you know, Facebook, MySpace, all that type of stuff, because this stuff never goes away. And we would be like, that can't possibly be true.
1: No, and here we are,
0: 13 you know, years later.
1: I'm partly not grasping the fact that it never goes away, but it's also like, I think equally as importantly, being like, but I'm cool.
0: Yeah, that, is a, that isn't it.
1: Things that I'm putting out there for public consumption are cool. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm you know, a badass. Eleven-year-old me staring my mom in the face, going, "I won't regret this." <laughs> you, know what, you know what I mean?
0: And you know what? In a way, I don't regret this because I've been having a great time just reckoning with it.
1: <laughs> You're absolutely right. Like I remember, like I was telling Brian about this last night. My first ever Facebook profile picture was Megan Fox. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> like
1: this was the year I grew up in. Like I mine
0: was um. Pikachu in, like, a sniper rifle crosshairs.
1: <laughs> yeah, isn't it amazing, like, the things that you grab to as a kid? So, like, the 2008 Phillies were, like, right when I started getting into baseball. Like, 2007 was the first time I paid attention. And, right. Like Howard Utley-Rollins, those guys. So if I had, like, a Ryan Howard profile picture, especially living in, like, the Philadelphia area. Right. People- Understandable. Baseball fan, no sweat, whatever. I remember this woman named Janice who went to my church growing up who was so nice came to me one day and she was like I don't know she was like 25 or 30 and she came to me and was like hey you like baseball right and I was like yeah and she was like do you want like my brother's old baseball stuff he's moving and he's getting rid of it and I was like sure and it was like baseball cards I think like a mitt and stuff and there were these old world series tapes in there like VHS tapes this is like 2007 and there were these old world series baseball like tapes in there and so I watched them and I remember it was the 2000 world series the subway series the Mets and the Yankees and then the 95 world series the Indians and the Braves and I and like that was my baseball because I grew up without cable I couldn't watch the phillies every night so i'd get like one game a week on like fox on saturday
0: mornings or whatever right, and also the phillies were bad at this point in time
1: they started getting good at it so i was super into baseball but i couldn't just like i didn't have mlb tv or anything i couldn't just watch baseball whenever i wanted to so i'd pop right. tapes and like get my baseball fix and so i got
0: so <gasps> into the i love you like yeah, yeah. Hey, give me that 95 world series
1: into the 95 world series because like that's all i really knew and and so like i thought like david justice was the coolest you know what i mean and i mm-hmm. i guess floating around at that point but like i thought he was so cool like i remember i had a like carlos by was my profile picture yo bagging like, up all these guys that were good like 15 years ago at the time
0: you know what Dude, i mean you have like mark Lemke as your facebook picture
1: i remember being like oh man nothing better than little Ryan a <laughs>
0: no you gotta oh. go with paul sorrento
1: sorrento yeah
0: Paul sorrento 95 world series hero
1: i remember after that like i kept an eye out like my mom dragged me to thrift store or something and i kept an eye out for world series tapes because i thought they were so cool and i ended up with two more i ended up with the 01 and 02 world series so like those four world series i know really well like i know like a bunch of the players and like who did what and everything any of the other world series in between i got nothing you
0: know what I mean? Like, to ninth- the angels giants yeah which
1: was a, an amazing world series once right. um and then 01 was amazing too that was the d-backs one with george bush's greatest first pitch ever um so it was awesome like it was really cool and like i'm glad i know about it but and it was, also
0: the yankees lost at the end so that was nice
1: um but like i like so i have these really random years of just knowing everything about everything about the world series winning team and then nothing else
0: <laughs> right yeah so you'll pull out names like junior Spivey, and like uh I'll go Deeper than that? Are you kidding? Like I'll be like
1: sorties you know what I mean? Like, Who? Russ, remember Russ Ortiz?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Astros, great.
1: I was thinking of a giant, like a
0: brave. Um, right yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm happy for you.
1: I'm really glad I spoke then. <laughs>
0: All Listen, right. guys, I think I think this bonus segment has gone on long enough
1: think this will have to be its own thing but anyway whatever we end up doing we'll kick it back to
0: eric enjoy yeah this one this will go on our patreon
1: <laughs> you know how funny would it be if i weren't recording this whole time
0: um we are recording i know that but all right so yeah no, you know what i think we got a nice little bonus segment eric you know the floor is yours eric <laughs> like four days ago <laughs>
1: thank you for coming on the show <laughs> i'm ethan tom is obviously the other one that isn't yeah you.
0: that's me um so I'm we're huge... when tom in the corner that's me oh yeah oh perfect
1: so we're <laughs> we're huge uh baseball fans in general we're huge fans of the abl we had are you familiar with dan vaughn oh yeah so we had dan vaughn on a few times and he was great and he told us about the perth heat and the ABL in general um explain to me really fast what exactly is your role with the giants with the giants um for i was working for the team
2: for nine years so i was the general manager of operations for a little bit um and then i was in charge of media and communications and uh last year i the last few years i've been media communications and the play-by-play broadcaster um i recently started at baseball australia which sort of encompasses um, australian baseball league team australia baseball and all the baseball australia events so i'm the uh marketing content Uh, i'm the manager of marketing content or sorry media content and broadcasting is what i should say okay content and broadcasting with the australian baseball or with baseball baseball in australia you can
1: call it no you're fine so so how did this start how did a canadian guy like you get involved with the giants and the abl and australia as a whole really yeah moved to australia um in
2: 2014 and just to sort of get settled i needed a place in a community really to get involved in, to be totally honest. And um, I have a journalism degree, worked in media and communications for a major junior hockey team in the Ontario Hockey League here. So had some experience um, both with journalism and in media and communications and with broadcasting, like I broadcast hockey games in university and a little bit after that as well. So um, I just sort of offered my services to the Giants, basically being like, hey, I love baseball. I have these skills. Do you need any help? And literally the day that I landed, the first day in the country, they were like, "Um, okay, our ground announcer, our PA announcer, he's out sick tonight. Like, can you can you do the PA announcing and uh, and get on the microphone for the game at the field tonight? And I was like, by tonight, do you mean tonight? Like tonight, tonight, like this, <laughs> yeah. the, the, today's night. Uh, Cause I just got off a 30 hour plane and they're like, yeah, can you do it? So um, I started off doing that, did some PA announcing and I basically volunteered with the Adelaide bite. They were called at the time for a year. Sure. Um, and then eventually got offered a basically the assistant general manager job. And then everything just sort of spiraled from there. So. Um, now I'm an Australian citizen. And part of the well, I was like with the World Baseball Classic Australian national team. So yeah, it just started off as like a completely coincidental. Oh, I think I can help out volunteer find my footing in a community that's now turned into me being uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, the voice of Australian baseball effectively.
1: That's so cool. So you didn't so I, I just assumed that you had this love for baseball, you had this journalism degree and everything. And so you Decide Australia would be a good place to get some experience, but it sounds like the opposite way around. You ended up in Australia for something else, and just decided, hey, baseball, why not? While you yeah, and
2: it, and like I always love sports, right? So, and I love baseball growing up, like diehard Jays fan. Um, and uh, I used to go. I, I mean, I'm sitting here in my family home that I grew up in in Guelph, Ontario, and there's an intercounty baseball league team here called the Guelph Royals. And when I was a kid, I used to go to the park with like a recorder and commentate the baseball games just to myself, just because i um, always kind of sort of obsessed with baseball and sports in general. So um, it's not like, it's like, I didn't love baseball, like a, a bit sports obsessed, love the Jays, love the Guelph Royals, this uh, small local team here. So um, yeah, that's sort of how I got I- involved in it. So yeah, just totally, uh, totally sort of random, but there's been a bunch of really cool connections to it actually. So yeah, um, like the first day, on that first day when I was at the field, doing, I got handed the microphone, handed a script, met a girl named Ashley who was just like, okay, we're going to do this now. Here's the script. Here's what you got to do. I your jet lag, whatever. The guy throwing out the ceremonial first pitch was a guy named Luke Prokopek. And I was floored. big leaguer, right? Well, we know that guy. Well, I know him because at my first big league game that I ever went to was in Detroit. Toronto Blue Jays playing the Detroit Tigers. And this Blue Jays pitcher pitched the game, won the game. And that was my first memory is like this, uh, uh, this pitcher winning the game for the Toronto Blue Jays. It was his only win of that season, as it turns out. And he's Mm. from Adelaide. He was one of three big leaguers at the time. So the pitcher that I saw in my first ever big league game ended up being the guy throwing out the ceremonial first pitch in my first ever Australian baseball league game in australia and then uh, yeah he ended up coaching the team luke prokopec so just totally totally random connections that uh to adelaide that it sort of always maybe felt like it was meant to be i guess
1: yeah really well i remember the first game i ever went to was tomo oka for the brewers so i'll have to go over (laughs) to japan see if i can uh, get him to throw out a pitch for me it's Um, weird that
2: you remember those first so it is especially in baseball right
1: Oh, uh, it's a terrible I think it was like two thousand and four. It was a terrible Phillies team, too. they were, They were running like David Bell out there. Um, yeah, so- I, think I
0: went to a game in two thousand and four, but I full disclosure, I really didn't care that much about baseball at the time, so I didn't pay much attention to it. but the the first game that I went to, that when i actually liked baseball was in 2008 and brett myers threw a complete game against the nationals
1: <laughs> it's weird the stuff you remember man
0: you're right always remember your first in baseball
2: right and yeah luke prokopec was the winning pitcher his only win that year in his and his
1: probably i think his career with the toronto blue Jays actually so is this now like what you do full-time or do you have something else and this is on the side
2: Yeah, full time. Yeah. So yeah, my official job description is the uh, yeah, the broadcast manager, content manager, media manager for Baseball Australia. And yeah, like I said, that includes Team Australia, Baseball, Baseball Australia, and now the ABL. So um, it's kind of weird. I'm going from like a team role with the Adelaide Giants to now it's sort of the league perspective. But it's kind of a cool challenge, right? Like you get to be on the ground with the team and you see how the operation runs day to day. I was in charge of some of the operations day to day. uh, And now I get to help the teams um, tell their baseball story, I suppose. So big challenge. I mean, baseball is a, is like a third tier sport in Australia, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to tell you guys how good the quality of the Australian baseball league is. Like you can watch a game and know that this isn't, you know, little kids play and this isn't something that they're just figuring out how to do. Like this is a legitimate league um, and a pretty good one at that. So uh, now we just got to find a way to communicate that to Australians. So no one's really figured that out yet. Uh, I probably <laughs> won't, but I'm going to give it a crack.
1: No, you're going to uh, do it. You're going to do it. I promise. So I have a oh, question for you about the quality that you were talking about. Two guys jumped to mind that I can think of for the Adelaide Giants. Curtis Mead, who I think is going to be one of the greatest Australian players ever, and Logan O'Hoppy, being a Phillies fan, I'm familiar with him, who's now going to be a really good catcher for the Angels. Mm -hmm. You said you were the assistant general manager or something to that equivalent. How do you go about getting these guys? I'm assuming Curtis Mead is not as difficult because he's a hometown kid, but a guy like Logan O'Hoppy, there's this deal with the Phillies. How does all that happen of, of player acquisition, I guess I'll put it?
2: yeah so i mean the the teams are basically made up 50 50 of imports we call them which are basically non-australians and australians right. so uh it's a pretty effective way to get over import players by partnering with a major league club and a lot of different teams have had a lot of different partnerships just like a they're not affiliate teams but they send over players to winter ball and so right um the philadelphia phillies for four years i think now with the giants have sent over players to australia and they send over good players like Logan O'Hoppy was was sort of on their radar as a guy that could have really developed. And there's a two-way conversation that happens with the Phillies and that happens with the Giants. The Giants will say, look, we need a catcher because we only have one in Adelaide. We need an outfielder. We need an infielder. And we need some pitchers. They can be starters, relievers, whatever they are. What do you got? And uh, the Phillies will say, OK, maybe this guy got hurt this year uh needs some more at bats this guy is just a 19 year old kid maybe we need to send him out of the country just to get some more experience right like in logan's case he didn't go to college you know he was he was signed out of high or drafted out of high school um didn't have that college experience never really had that experience of living away from home so he was just 18 or 19 when he was in adelaide and you know logan was i think it was a big experience for him like if you talk to him he will admit like it was a crazy experience for him being away from his family being in another country having to do everything sort of for himself he's not playing baseball every day either right he's playing four games a week and what are you doing the work in between so that was why a got sent over great talent great leadership qualities super young super raw not just to baseball but to the world so they sent him over to Australia to find not just his baseball ability, but to find himself like who is Logan Ohoppy and what a bet- what a great experience. You get to go with players that don't speak English players that are from Australia, players that you might've played within the minor league system. And you're the catcher, right? Like you got to lead these guys on the field and Logan in his instance, man, like you want to talk about work ethic, like this guy, like took all the extra hacks you could ask for in the cage worked with the pitchers overtime, was the first point of call if anybody needed to catch a bullpen or a side he was the one that was like yep I'm on it and on top of that you know his agent and, and the Phillies had advised him to I'll always remember this about Logan they said you need to read more like you need to read more books is what the advice was so he always had a book in his hand so after practice before practice He was hanging around maybe the ticket office or around the field or sitting in the stands and Logan O'Hoppy was reading books. uh, And it was just to help him relax before games, learn different techniques, learn from reading, right? He was there to learn about himself and, just one of the nicest guys. And there's like literally no surprise that he made the big leagues as fast as he could. Like you knew this guy was a big leaguer when he was here. Um, Just like you knew Curtis Mead was going to be a big leaguer. There's some guys you just know from the way they work, the way they go about it. So yeah, all the teams to answer your question, have these partnerships like the Perth heat have Tampa Bay Rays players coming over and they always seem to send good ones over like Jake Fraley, like well, Mariners guy, right? Like how good was Jake Fraley? Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's in Cincinnati and obviously doing his thing there. And, Tristan Gray just got a call up and he hit that huge home run in the eighth inning the other day. He played in Perth. Christopher
1: Sanchez. Yeah, exactly. Right? He was trading yeah. for Curtis Meade. Yeah, I am I, I still look back on that and I'm upset, even though Sanchez has been good this year. Yeah, yeah Sanchez has been pretty so.
0: good this year, but, you know, yeah, he, I'd love, it is I'd pretty love easy Meade. to sit there and be like, ah, but I, I'd love to have Curtis Meade, though, you know.
2: But it's a good relationship between the clubs and the ABL teams because the ABL teams get players and guys that can raise the level of baseball and raise the competition for the Australian players. And the MLB clubs get a good, safe, high quality league that these guys can get at bats with. And we take care of them, right? Like we coach Mm -hmm. them, high caliber coaching. And um, I actually wrote a story. It's on ABL.com right now, just published today. Uh, so there's been 68 players since 2010 who have played in Australia and then moved on to the major leagues 28 in this year alone so I put together like a roster and a starting lineup of what my team would be of just using only ABL alumni and Logan Hoppe the catcher Ronald Acuna he seems like an okay oh, yeah, player this yeah I'd season. say
0: Ronald Acuna seems like I would call him a b-tier player at minimum yeah, but
2: I just wanted to fit him in there. Cool
0: name, right? So, like, I felt right, like... Yeah, so yeah, may, yeah maybe
2: on.
1: he'll turn into something, right? <laughs> yeah. so, okay, let me, so, let me ask you about that. And and I know Tom wants to get into the uh, baseball in Australia in general, which I think is interesting. We can do it in a second. But I have one more question. We talked to Dan about this. I feel like, and maybe you're the perfect guy, because I feel like for a long time, the ABL, you just named Ronald Acuna, like Liam Hendricks played down there, Andrew Kittredge, you say Kikuchi. A lot of All-Stars have played in the ABL. And yet I've noticed that baseball Australia will do this thing where their Twitter feed is mostly like, come check out the women's championship, come check out the under 15 world cup and all that stuff's great. And I'm great. I'm glad they're growing, the, growing the game of baseball. But if I wanted to grow baseball in Australia, not as an Australian, so I don't know, but just my guess is, I would be pumping Ronald Acuna stuff every single day. I would be pumping Liam Hendricks stuff every single day and being like, look at the all-stars that come out of this league. Send us your players. We'll turn them into all-stars like that kind of thing. I feel like the marketing is sort of backwards for a while. Now that you're taking over, tell me about
2: it. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's, it's, it's nobody's fault really. Like it's a resourcing thing. We're a small sport in Australia. Um, not a lot of people get full-time jobs in baseball. There's really only a handful around the country, you know, a couple at each teams, a couple at the state association, like baseball, South Australia, baseball, new South Wales, and a few at baseball Australia. And really like all those full-time jobs are really focused on operating the sport, the day-to-day getting the competition set, the insurance, the travel, the national teams, all of that, which is really, really important. Um, but you're right. And I think, caitlin mason i gotta give big credit to her she's the marketing and communications big boss the chief she sort of identified exactly that that wow and she's not a baseball person she'll admit that she is now so she is a baseball person but she wasn't a baseball person she's a work in progress she's but she'll admit that too but you know she identified saying hey like look we got to tell some of these unbelievable stories so they created a position which is just to focus on telling these really, really cool stories. And that's my position. So um, there's too many stories to tell. And I guess we got to kind of play around and find out what works best, but exactly those stories. So every week I'm trying to write a story that baseball fans in Australia can share. And it's been working. Our website clicks have gone up. Our shares have gone up. Our engagement's gone up, but basically to share those points of pride so everything from here's a list of the 34 australians that are playing full-time professional baseball in the united states including some big leaguers. here's a list of all the coaches that are in the united states working full-time in baseball and coming back here's a list of every single player that has played in the adl and moved on to play in the major leagues hey let's make a team out of this like maybe it actually would be a pretty competitive team for right. how this would look. so it's figuring out how to tell those stories. And, um, I think I, I'm in a good position to do it. I'm going to toot my own home for horn for that. Cause I've been around for now, nine, 10 years. I, can, I know the players. I know the stories I know who's uh, I'm not new to this, right? Like I don't really need to figure out who's who. So even when I was at the world baseball classic, you know, you could talk to MLB.com reporters, like all the, like the broadcasters, Steven Nelson did an amazing job and, and, I like at the, um, the, the world baseball Classic broadcasters for the international feed. But, you know, he would come and talk to me for a little bit before each game. And, you know, there was that great call where he said like, Tim Kennelly, the ABL goat smashes one to left field or whatever it was. It was a great call, but it comes from conversations with people like me that says, Hey, look, Tim Kennelly is considered the ABL goat. And, you know, um, it's better if other people like yourself even can help tell the story of Australian baseball sort of legitimizes it. So I don't know the answer, but, yeah, we're going to have some fun, and hopefully we can flog off uh, a few of those big names, like you're saying.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of, like, covering it from, like, a fan perspective, too. Like, there's nothing that baseball fans love more than doing, like, all-time, you know. Dude, who's your all left-handed hitter squad of all-time, you know? And yeah. like, yeah, there, there's limited options for that with Australian players, but like just doing an all time Australia team, you know, Oh, who who's the greatest Australian second baseman who ever played? Let's see, you know, like uh, yeah. Ethan did a lot of that, like historically, which uh, we were originally going to cover a lot of those on the podcast and sort of turned into more like, you know stuff people might actually be interested in but (laughs) but yeah like that's like you know what do baseball fans love more than that or like arguing over whether or not like on base percentage is a good stat you know i agree and like i i
2: love that debate right like and and you know i think australians have been sort of shied away from the debate to be totally honest but i think they actually love to have the debate because this year with the abl you know um Caitlin Mason she told me hey like let's get some content out there that gets people like chatting nothing offensive obviously but just like chatting so you know I called this American player in one of my stories the greatest player in ABL history and I think Ooh. he made a great case to be Ooh. honest so <laughs> one, he set the home run record that year and he beat his own record to do it. Two, he had played four seasons prior in the ABL, won a championship every single time and an MVP in one of those years and just dominating numbers. And this year he was he returned to the ABL and the Brisbane Bandits were back to uh they they said that they were the best regular season team in history when this guy named tj bennett was the was the center point of this team and so i said he's the greatest australian or greatest abl player of all time and man did that piss some people (laughs) off right like it was like no he's not it's tim Kennelly. no he's not it's andrew scott but i love that right like I I take no offense from it. I probably would lean towards Tim Kennelly as the goat, but like, let's have the conversation because I think TJ Bennett deserves to be in the chat as the greatest player that's ever played in the ABL for so many reasons. So now we Mm. have some data. So let's debate it. Let's talk about it. Like that stuff shows passion and people that don't like baseball might be attracted to the passion and then find out something from there. Right.
1: No, I know exactly how you feel. I wrote a couple articles for this website called Aussie Hoopla. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's like a basketball website. And one of them, I did that exact same thing where I was like, if you could put together an all-Australian basketball team, what would it look like? And I was thinking of it in terms of like, if I could have peak every single player, how would I win a game? I put Ben Simmons on there. Ben Simmons is a, what at the time was a wonderful player and dude, people got red hot. And they were like, how do you not have Andrew Gaze on here? How do you not have Chain Heal start. And I was like, because Ben Simmons is an all-star and people were like, you don't watch the boomers. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't. They're on at like two o'clock in the morning here. <laughs> like, sorry, man. So I know exactly it, how ignite you ignite that
2: passion, right? Like if you can do something that ignites some passion from people, you've done a pretty good job. I think. Oh
1: yeah. That got way more. Right. Than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah it's it's, it's not like,
2: it. it's not like it's a bad take either. It's not like you put some, some some six-man scrub that's playing on the sydney sixers like you put a number one overall draft pick like one of the highest paid australian athletes of all time like it's not that outrageous Right. right but i love that people got ticked off about
0: it
1: right yeah no you're exactly right well tom we've 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 gone on about the abl long enough
0: go ahead into your australia so as i think we all remember you know uh the world baseball classic this this go around happened to be uh, quite the story for Australia. Yeah, you know, the Australian team won. I mean, I think that going into it, everybody was like, hey, you know, I think Ethan actually said that they had a shot against Korea. But, I, you know, I remember at the time being like, no. And we're like, hey, maybe, maybe they'll give him a good game. And they went in there. And, I mean, they looked like the real baseball team on that field. <laughs> That was one of the greatest baseball games I've ever watched. That was incredible. Robbie gordon my man.
2: The thing is, though, is that game was circled on the calendar the second the schedule came out. Like That was the game that we, Australia, had to win. We had to win the game to get through. So we prepared everything for that game, right? And we were one game at a time, and that game just happened to be first, but it was the most important game. We had to win that to set ourselves up for success and that was all the focus was at training camp was training and over speed that was all the focus was on the scouting department of the korean player like it was a huge huge deal and you know to credit to the coaching staff and the players like they took that so seriously this is the biggest and most important baseball games that some of these players will ever play in their entire life so i mean you can't say that for every country too. Some guys are going to play in World Series. Some guys are going to go on and do some incredible things. But to play for your country at the Tokyo Dome in a game like that is the biggest moment of their these players' careers and their lives. And they prepared like it was. And that's that's mm-hmm. why, right?
0: Yeah, and they, not only did they defeat Korea, but they advanced to the next round. And they uh, they ended up losing kind of a nail biter to Cuba, but. I mean, right there. I mean, just beating Korea alone is, you know, Australia is more ascendant than anybody recognized in baseball. So uh, how has that, you know, that magical run, how has that affected like engagement with baseball in Australia? I know ABL this season hasn't begun yet, but has, you know, has the engagement spun up more than usual due to that? Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at all the basic, you know, s- few ways to measure that, I
2: guess, in terms of social media numbers, all that you can look at the metrics, there. more people engaged, more people interested. And that works on a few levels, I think definitely with introductions and ha- starting a conversation with traditional media, like that, that place of authority, like they're the voice you want talking about your sport. It mm-hmm. was a really good introductory piece, because all of a sudden, you know, Australia's in the quarterfinals of th- the World Cup, effectively you know they were people were talking about that we had a lot of media requests and then you know that allowed us to have a bit more credibility for when you know cool stories like travis bazana who could go in the first round of the of the next mlb draft when he starts going off in college all of a sudden they're more willing to listen than think curtis mead making the big leagues you know that makes national news as well so i think there was a nice little combination i think it's helped with the intro there what what is interesting, though, is we have so much engagement actually from Japan, like Japanese mm. people have fallen in love with Australian baseball. It's really, really, really cool to the point where um, at, at when we were training for the, the quarterfinal game versus Cuba, when we came back to our hotel, the hotel lobby was filled with japanese fans outside (laughs) inside everywhere it was like we were celebrities now keep in mind we sometimes play baseball games in front of 300 people on a thursday night at west beach in australia and here we are getting off a bus and there's like three thousand people it felt like that were everywhere like we had to have security move like part a seat for us to get to our hotel rooms and then it like it was just the craziest experience and then when it was a pro australia crowd when we were playing cuba Like the Mm -hmm. the fans were cheering them on. They fell in love with a guy named Tim Kennelly because his daughter was chanting, let's go daddy. Uh, And the crowd was chanting, let's go daddy. When he was up to bat following (laughs) the lead of this little four year old girl of the daughter of our captain. And then they fell in love with Daryl George because he played a year in Japan and he could speak some Japanese and he's a great endearing character on his own. And you add all of that. And you know, that last at bat, I'll never forget because The crowd was just, there was no sound, no music, no anything. And it was just like a standing ovation, huge reception on the last at bat. You knew it was probably going to be our final out. And Daryl George, you saw it on his face. He was smiling. Like you could tell it was a big moment for Australian baseball. Like it was just like, we proved that we're here, that we're legit. We're not to be taken lightly and, and hopefully we can launch ourselves forward. So, I mean, man, yeah, it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever been a part of just to be around even the Otani mania, but really Mm. to see Australia get some respect on the international stage and turn some heads and say, Holy cow. Like these, these fellas from down under
0: can play some baseball. Yeah. So do you not just get some respect, but they they earned it because KBOs. I mean, it seems like it's safe to say they're the third best league in the world. I don't think people would put ABL close to that normally. No. And then, yeah, Australia went out and again, they kind of looked like the real baseball team on that diamond that night. I know that, you know, baseball is never going to be like a top two sport in Australia, but it it does sound like it's on the rise, at least.
2: Yeah. And like more kids are going to college, I think. I think we're opening up some more pathways um, you know, if we, we if we can focus on getting a few more kids to play the game and just keep them in the sport a little bit longer and then really, really focus on those high performance programs, you know, getting them mm-hmm. to college, getting them into pro systems and getting them to a place where the facilities are another level. And, you know, was, I had actually a really good chat with Curtis Mead's uh, longtime girlfriend who he met in Adelaide, actually. Um, And she didn't, she, she has been, obviously she's a big baseball person, especially now, but you know, she's been learning a lot more about, you know, the high level baseball world now that Curtis is in the big leagues. And when Mm -hmm. she came back, Curtis came back in the summer and he's coming back again, he'll train with the giants and he'll keep working out and doing all that. But she was saying, wow, it really is amazing that he actually made the big leagues, taking a look at the facilities that that he had to come from and you have opportunities in australian baseball they're just not as common you know we have one field that has an indoor cage in all of adelaide you have to be willing to go and take every opportunity you can get to get a swing in that cage we have one professional team that has the best players there for 12 weeks of the year you have to make sure that you are around them constantly in those 12 weeks we have one high performance program only a few people that understand the mechanics of a baseball player from a physical standpoint like the fields the that the local clubs play on they don't they're not fields in the winter time they're football like afl football fields they have to be converted so yeah mm-hmm. curtis took advantage of every opportunity it was cool you you didn't really realize that until she came back and we had that great discussion how curtis mead is special because he didn't have a lot of opportunities but every single one that he had in australian baseball he he took advantage of but that's the life of an australian baseball player
1: So do you think going back to the WBC, do you think that the success in the WBC and and I guess just showing the quality of talent will impact the ABL in terms of like player participation, like foreign imports? Do you think it'll bring the level of competition to a higher level?
2: Yeah, I think so. And judging from like pretty early chats, we've we've kind of seen with some ABL and MLB teams and um, even KBO and japanese big league teams like they want to send players over and they want to send better players over because there's a track record there and they know that it's a good caliber competition so i think the quality of baseball you're going to see increase and it, it to be honest it's been increasing every year as it is anyways uh, i just hope we can find a way just to get somebody interested to want to pop down to a field and check out a, a local game, which uh, is is a big challenge on its own. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be exciting to watch regardless, especially if you're a baseball person, like you'll understand some names. Like Shota Imanaga, the Japanese ace who's yep. about to come over. Mm-hmm. to the. He's going to be a, a big leaguer next year, right? Like he is – he dominated the Australian Baseball League, right? Like there's some pretty big names. Can I make one more point about the Australian Baseball League? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Before yes. the new meeting? All right. So one more thing with the Australian Baseball League that I think is like super interesting to hear from a development standpoint, and this goes back to kind of what you asked earlier about why teams send guys over. You hear it from all these, these minor leaguers at the end of the season. What's not focused on in minor league baseball, it is but it isn't, is winning. Right? Like, it's not about winning. It's about getting your innings in, getting your at bats in, working on something, working on something part of your game, part of the system. And then you Uh get to the big leagues, and what's the focus? It's winning. Like, that's all that matters at the big league level. Players, when they come to Australia that maybe struggled in the minor leagues, all of a sudden have a huge season because the emphasis is back on winning. And you hear players all the time say, wow, I remembered that baseball's meant to be fun again because a player thrives maybe when they're asked to lay down a bunt or put on a sacrifice fly or whatever that may be, like that team element of it. So I think players love to be sent over here to figure out how they can win and be part of that puzzle again and when you're a major league team looking at your player and you're seeing someone like a Samad Taylor do all those little things for the Canberra Cavalry, you're seeing Jake Fraley go reckless on the base pass and be super aggressive, not because he's looking for individual stats, but because that dude is hungry to help the Perth Heat win. Or you see Nick Ward all of a sudden lay down bunts or send sacrifice flies. Like They find winners in this competition. And that, I think, is more important than a lot of development you can get in the minor leagues when you are playing to win the game rather than just to play to develop your own skills and you're playing with your teammates rather than against your teammates to move on up. It's super fascinating. Right.
1: That's a really good point. And I think, you know, people talk about it a lot and say like, you know, small ball is not emphasized anymore. Nobody knows how to lay down a bunt. And that's just the way the game baseball is gone. But it's true. It's a good point. Australia is a little bit of a throwback to to the, I guess, not so analytical days for lack of a better term. And, it, it you know, the fundamentals, I guess, are a little more emphasize that that's a good point. Is there anything Eric that we're not talking about that you want to be known about baseball in Australia or anything?
2: No, I mean, I I'm happy to I think that's the the more questions is on you. Like I think I uh I take it for granted, you know, all the cool stories that I get to be around every day. So it's more interesting to hear, you know, what our different audiences and markets are interested about Australian baseball league, but it is cool. Like as this chat's happening, like if you want an example of the kind of stuff that that I get to work on and be involved with um Right now, there's like all my phone is blowing up. Right now, is we're trying to coordinate some media schedules for one of our players. So, kid, eighteen okay. years old, played in the under eighteen World Cup, just got signed by the Boston Red Sox, right? And he's eighteen year old pitcher that's only lived in Australia. Like this guy is gonna have to go to rookie ball, work his way up, all that. But because it's signed with the Boston Red Sox, that's a cool angle for us to go to media. So. All this morning, I was sending out releases to different media stations saying, hey, this kid just signed with one of the biggest sporting clubs in the entire world. Like, this is a pretty big deal. You want to talk about it. And now a couple radio stations want to talk to him. A newspaper wants to organize a photo, right? Like, that's the kind of stuff that, I try to do to try to make baseball a little bit better every day, right? Like if more people mm-hmm. can, know that there's a pathway, you can work hard, get signed by a club and you never know the rest is up to him and things need to happen. I get that, but that's the kind of stuff that I get to work on and it's happening right now all the time. Yeah. yeah it's the
0: sort of thing that it feels like, you know, just the right time, you know, the right guy, like all of a sudden catches on and goes viral. And next thing you know, you know, people are paying way more attention to baseball
2: the right time the right guy is an interesting comment and i think one thing that australian baseball hasn't had in a long time is an everyday position player and we haven't had an elite australian everyday baseball player in the digital era right like dave Mm. nelson all throughout the 90s was an everyday catcher and one of the best catchers in brewers history uh he was an all-star but it was in the 90s right like There wasn't the same broadcast coverage, maybe one game a week in Australia. Now we can get MLB TV for 150 bucks and we can watch every single game in multiple languages from all around the world in whatever time zone we want. Like this is how this is the the difference between Liam Hendricks and Curtis Mead for me explaining to people is really, really hard, right? So you're a casual sports fan in Australia. Liam Hendricks, great player, great guy. But I have to say, hey, Ethan, how if you want to watch your, an Australian player pitch, you need to tune in between 10 and 11 a.m. if the Chicago White Sox are winning a game and it's close and they're up by one or two runs and it's the bottom of the ninth, sometime between 10 and 11, Liam Hendricks might pitch if he didn't pitch the night before like it's really really hard to explain right. when right. to watch right like great to mm. write up, great to follow that's not downplaying how important liam hendricks is to to a uh, especially a winning team that's not not a shot at all but curtis mead is really easy hey tampa bay rays play at 8 30 a.m tomorrow curtis is going to play right. he's going to be third base he's going to field some balls he's going to have three four five turns at bats where you can just put the game on and i can guarantee you you can watch an aussie play you can do that with ben simmons when whenever he was playing or any australian basketball player right like patty mills is playing 9 a.m tomorrow watch it we can't advertise that with pitchers in australia because their schedules are so whack. so having a, a position player that is a great player on a good team would be awesome. Like if Curtis Mead makes this playoff roster for the Rays and they go to the World Series, that has the potential to get some eyeballs on the sport, right?
0: I thought it was so funny when you're like, yeah, it's, you know, it is harder to market like relief pitchers. And it's like, well, and of course every single elite Australian player who's come so far other than Dave Nielsen has been like a back end of the bullpen guy.
2: And and great at what they do. Like Pete Moylan, you know, Grant Balfour, like those were unreal players.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it, It just happens that, yeah, you know, Hey, when can I watch Peter Moylan? Well, you know, if the Braves have, you know, three lefties coming up in the seventh inning and uh he hasn't pitched the night before then they might put him in if you know if they're ahead
2: yeah and it's a hard conversation because they're like then it's like oh what do you mean by
0: lefties and you're like oh no now we're going down (laughs) i have to explain the concept of of splits
2: exactly right like it's a lot more complicated discussion when that stuff for a baseball fan is way more interesting than curtis mead is in the starting lineup like that's boring right. that's not that interesting but from a marketing standpoint it's a lot easier to say watch this 22 year old aussie play against the best players in the world every night for 162 right. days of 180
1: day stretch or whatever that is mm-hmm. so let me ask you this so curtis mead i feel confident saying is going to be a star other than that though liam hendricks has obviously had some difficulties this year. None of them his fault, um, and so that's that's making things difficult. I think those are the only two Australians in the big leagues right now, and there are a couple of guys like Alex Wells and Lewis Thorpe who floated around the past couple of years. Other than Curtis Mead and hopefully Liam Hendricks, if he can uh, get his health back on track, who who do you think are going to be the next Australians, or you could I guess you could say an, an ABL alum if you think too that you think can really tap into something in the baseball, uh, in the baseball in Australia world.
2: Yeah, I think. Um... Travis Bazzana has the makeup and the potential to be that really engaging player that the Australian public falls in love with. Uh, He is a, he's a different cat, right? And people love, but he's very genuine. Like he's a very good, genuine person. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he's gone his own path and his own way his entire life and you know he was one of the best players in all of college baseball this year with oregon state and now he's going to be a senior he just won the mvp of the cape cod league which has like you can't even count how many big leaguers have rolled through the cape cod league that summer ball program so uh he is engaging he's different he's plays the game fun he plays the game with some spirit he's an everyday player He's could go some mock drafts have him going number one overall in the MLB draft. Most of them have him as a first rounder, right? Like if he just has a good senior year uh, with Oregon State this year, he's going to be a first round draft pick. That is a player that I think is a name to keep your eye on as a player that could really kind of capture the minds of the Australian public because he's just like all of the Australians back home. Like people will really see themselves in him. That's not to say they can't in the other players, but an everyday player that maybe has the combination of big money because Australians are drawn to like, Oh, he's goes first overall. That means it's an $8 million signing bonus or whatever that might be. And so Bazanna is definitely, I think one to really, really keep your eye on that uh, could be a bit of a game changer for Australian baseball.
1: Yeah, I think that's important to have. And and mm-hmm. you made a good point about having an everyday player. There really haven't been a lot of Australian uh, – do, do you know why that is? Is it just random? It seems like they only pump out relief pitchers and Curtis Mead.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I think in Australia, if you look at the circumstances, like it's a lot – it's not easy to become a big leaguer. There is no – not about that. But it's a lot easier to work on your pitching craft without having to face – Hitters, I suppose, right? Like you can throw a lot of bullpens. You can work on those fundamentals to get your velo up, to work Mm -hmm. on your spin rate, to all of those little things. And when you're a hitter, you just need at bats, right? Like you need high quality at bats. High quality at bats are hard to come by here. Whereas, like that specialty stuff, you can work on around the year, no matter where you are. Of course, you need to face batters to really, you know, test yourself. But I think that has something to do with it. Like it's a lot. You know, it's a lot harder to become a hitter when you don't have that quality pitching going against you. So, yeah, well, I, I think that's probably probably one way to look at it. But Australia has two – there's a couple good relievers right now in the system. Like Brandon Bidois, uh, he's a Texas Ranger minor leaguer. This dude was nasty. Look it up. I think he had like two strikeouts per inning on average or something this year, Brandon Bidois. Yeah. Uh, and he like – only allowed one earned run in his lat since August first or something crazy like that. Like he's a strikeout machine, a fastball that sits in the upper nineties. Like it's got movement. He could make the big leagues. I keep your eye on him. And then a Mariners boy. If you want Blake Townsend, Blake uh-huh. townsend's putting together a pretty nice minor league season the last couple of months.
0: Dude, that's such an Australian name too. It just rolls right Blake off the tongue Townsend. in the accent. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> no, I we feel like
2: Robbie. Robbie no, denning yeah he's been he's been knocking on the door for a bit that's another good aussie name but yeah no, it's
1: such a, an aussie name
2: an aussie commentator tom right with the mariners you get to hear ryan roland smith if you're tuning in locally
0: Ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. Our boy ryan roland smith the hyphen yeah. so we were um we were actually talking about if Glendenning got the call up to the orioles which uh it never seemed that likely this year but we were like, dude, if, if Glenn Denning got the call to the Orioles, we got to go down and see him. Oh. And unfortunately, it's not looking good for him right now because the Orioles are, are awesome. So, well, he's in
2: the Philly system. Well, he now. actually, yeah, yeah. He's playing double A with the Phillies now, yeah.
1: With Rick, Rickson Wingrove, right? Rickson.
2: <laughs> That's yeah. another Australian name, Rickson yep. Wingrove. And yeah, he, they've got he's some a great guy, too. He's uh and talk he's a power bat right like if he can be that left-handed powerful hitter and he can just hit bombs like that's gonna give him the best chance to to go far so i mean it's yeah. so hard to make the big leagues man like i don't have to tell you guys that it's just but it, it it's it's fun to watch these guys leave home and fly across the world and chase chase an absolute
1: dream without that family support around it's pretty cool to watch oh absolutely so let me ask you this so the ABL season's coming up, and I was really bummed to hear that both the Tuatara, the Auckland Tuatara, and Geelong Korea are both out. So now it's back down to six teams. And I have a question because uh, when we were talking to Dan Vaughn, he talked a lot about how it, he thought the ABL was in a position to expand pretty soon and get maybe two more Australian teams. I don't know what cities. I'm not as familiar as I should be, I guess. Um, but do you think that's a step backwards, or was it just the issue because it was – uh you know, between countries like that was the problem was the visa issues and COVID-19 and that stuff.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of visa issues. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of logistics that involves playing in multiple countries, right? Like Australia is close to New Zealand, but that doesn't mean it's close to New Zealand, right? Like from Adelaide, right. it's a six hour flight to get to Auckland. You know, it's a uh, it's like a it's like a ten hour eleven hour flight or something like that to go from Perth to Auckland. So, um, like it is hard to run a franchise, especially when you only get twenty home games and there's a lot of costs involved. Whether it be Auckland, whether it be Geelong, Korea, that has to bring all their players and put them in a different city for a summer. So, um, I don't think you can ever rule out that the the ABL could expand, and I don't think those comments are are far off. There's just a lot that needs to go right, and I think the ABL is still very much figuring out its own product and who they are that you know those six teams if they can just focus on getting that strong with the six teams in australia keeping a strong destination winter ball league keep getting some solid players over here keep developing australian talent like you can never rule out wanting to expand again but glad we certainly tried right like you you never know unless you sort of give it a go and Um, a lot of cool things have happened out of it. I wouldn't close the door on it, but certainly for this year, you know, back to six teams, but I don't think it's necessarily a negative either. I think it'll allow us to really focus on what we do well within Australia and hopefully keep, keep pumping that up. And, you know, KBO teams are going to do their spring. There's like four KBO teams that are going to be doing their spring training in Australia this year. Right? Like, yeah, they, and it's perfect because it's the middle of winter in Korea, uh, it's a long way to go to the United States. Uh, there's a lot of other baseball teams coming here, but you can send a team to Sydney. You can have the whole facility to yourself for a month with perfect weather every day of the year. So those connections between Baseball Australia and those countries, it's not like they're dead. They just look a little bit different. And you never know, maybe there'll be some cool exhibitions that can be played against the Doosan Bears who are coming back over or the Kia Tigers or
1: whatever that looks like, you know? I feel like that would be perfect, actually, because my understanding is that Team Australia, you know, like the WBC squad, really only gets like a few warm-up games, and that's like the year leading up to a competition. They don't do a lot other than that, just because of the funding and everything, and who are you going to play against in Australia if you have all the best Australian players? So I feel like that would be perfect. They could get a couple games in against, you know, KBO teams, things like that. I think they did that right before the pandemic. Didn't they play against the Bears?
2: Yeah, they did. They played against the Bears. That's when Curtis Mead made his debut for Team Australia in that game. It's a good opportunity to kind of see what you got now now australia is going to the asia professional baseball championships which is like the best young pro players from australia korea taiwan and japan play at the tokyo dome over four days in the middle of november uh and again that's another good opportunity for your young under 24 australians i don't know if he's on the roster or if he's allowed to go but like curtis mead i mean he's he'll be asked to go there's no doubt about that right because you know roke Sasaki's is going to be there for japan like these are our big names and other cool experiences they can get you got to take what you can get in australian yeah. baseball
1: definitely yeah i have one more question do you have anything else you want to go with tom uh no let's let's go with your question all let's... right i'll have the last word so we had a guy named david long on who uh rode for i can't remember the name of i forget Stuff New Zealand or whatever but he he like covered the tuatara and one of the things that he said was the tuatara would all their imports or at least some of them the like parent club would like subsidize their, their housing. They would like basically pay them to take the player and give them reps. Is that the case for all these teams? Because that sounds like the perfect business model to keep like the team and the sport alive. That's
2: exactly what it is. And that's exactly why both clubs like it, right? Like, you know, the, the Phillies, for instance, they'll send over their players and they'll pay their players to play in Australia. They'll pay for their flights to send them over to Australia to get some seasoning in Adelaide, at least like, I know we house them, um and we set them up with like a car we all get I mean we get sponsors to help with that too but yeah I mean Perth I'm assuming it's the same thing there the Tampa Bay Rays pay for their flights they pay the players so it you, like you you're not paying your salaries of half of your roster right like the Philadelphia Phillies are take care of that but yeah it's a great point and uh yeah it's I think why both teams like you know we give them a place to play they give us players like it's a really nice relationship and it works both ways right like we have to yeah. the the reporting back to the Phillies is is a lot and i know our head coach chris adamson he's a coach in the minor league system with the phillies so there's a good relationship anyways but a lot of reporting on the data, the reps, what they're looking for. Maybe there's some cool players. Mitch Newenborn got signed from Adelaide this year because of his relationship with tank and the Phillies. And he had a great season in high a this year, and he'll be in double a triple a next year for sure. So, you know, there's some pretty cool pathways for Australian players to get signed because these MLB teams are watching the ABL as well.
1: That's awesome. That sounds, that sounds perfect to keep, to keep things moving up. Um, I don't want to keep you any longer, Eric. You said you got to go. Go enjoy your time with your family really fast. We have a game we like to play called Elmer Descends where we name random baseball players and the most random player wins. Give me your Elmer Descends guy.
2: Oh, my goodness. I've got to think of like – but the thing is is if I do that, then it's going to be like a random Australian baseball player.
1: It could be be anyone you want.
2: Like the first name that honestly came to mind when you said that was James Beresford. Oh, Oh.
1: Quinn's great. (laughs) Now, Matt, you go first, though, because I, I got a good name.
0: Uh, All right. All right. I got uh, Mitch Stetter. Mitch uh, Stetter? <laughs> where, where was Mitch? What's the story on Mitch Stetter? Well, he was a I don't
1: monster. know.
0: I th- yeah i think he was on the brewers in 08 when they played the phillies it's that's a good bullpen to pull randos from that give, nice...
1: give me an aussie really fast tom since we're doing uh, an... oh i gotta go with an australian I, got a, I got guy. i got an Aussie awesome in the chamber
0: i gotta you know. go with an australian guy um yeah. can i go with travis blackley oh um, yeah okay
1: he's...
2: Blackley is blackley was a gun as well and then he came back to the abl pitched in pitched in brisbane helped him to a couple championships like blackley's he, a great name as well he's not so random where i'm from where, where i'm living right now
0: right
1: yeah. A yeah talk to he seems like a really interesting character yeah all right I, I all right you can go after this eric trent durrington trent durrington so
2: his kid Actually, um, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to actually double check this on the spot. So uh, I'm fairly certain that his son is actually named to the MLB select team. He's like 16 years old. So there's this. um, Yeah, it is. Durrington. There it is. Max Durrington. That's Trent's son. So his son is like an under 16 player in Australia, a pretty good baseball player. He was just named to an MLB select team that goes over and plays against Kansas city Royals, minor league players, other colleges, the MLB funds it. And it's an opportunity for Aussie players and world players to get scouted, go to college or sign an MLB contract. And he's one of those players that's going over like in next week to Arizona. Um, So his son is the next level. So that's a great, great (laughs) random name, but yeah, he's
1: the next generations moving on. I am mad at myself. Do you play Immaculate Grid?
2: I do not, but I did. I have seen a lot of Immaculate Grid go on with the Red Sox lately.
1: I'm mad at myself because I got Twins Tigers today, and for like months I have been like, when I get Twins Tigers, I'm doing Brad Thomas. Nobody else is going <laughs> to say Thomas, and I forgot. I complete. I put Adam Everett. I completely forgot.
2: There's a lot of Twins connections as well. Like a Liam Hendricks was signed by the Twins originally. You know, like there's a lot of the minnesota twins have been good for aussie baseball louis thorpe was the latest one um but yeah the twins the wells brothers have been connected with the twins before so yeah it's uh yeah forget james beresford camp jimmy
0: beresford baby let's go twins legend twins, is,
1: uh, i know you gotta go why is he still not on on team australia he's probably not that old right not playing baseball anymore
0: oh, oh. well we? I,
2: you know that would explain it He's, but you're right. He's not that old. and He's not that old. But yeah, he uh, he made the big leagues. And then uh, I guess it was the end of the day for James Beresford. But he was on another World Baseball Classic team. But yeah, doesn't play baseball anymore.
1: More of a big leaguer than I'll ever be. Well, Eric, so much. Uh, tell people where to find you, where to find ABL stuff, how to check it out. Give, give yep. them everything. On social media, follow uh, follow Australian Baseball
2: League. Just type that in on whatever you got. Uh, team Australia Baseball will give you all like if you want a team to support that's outside your own country, American, Canadian, whatever that is. Make Australia your second favorite team. Uh, so go. follow like, Team Australia Baseball and do what all the Japanese people already do, and uh, you know make make us number two.
1: Eric, thank you so much. You go enjoy your time with your family, and uh, let's do this again if you didn't hate it.
2: Yeah, we'll t- we'll chat mid-ABL
0: season or something. I'll give oh, you. Oh a- hell yeah, <laughs> let's do it.
1: <laughs> all right, I'll try to think of another random Aussie for you.
0: Perfect, mm. sounds good. Thanks, boys. All right, hey. thank you. Welcome back to the Audio Issues Podcast. Okay, we've been, we've been having a great time with all of our various technical difficulties today. Um, almost none of this podcast has not been plagued by it, so you know make of that what you will i would say that it's a blip on an otherwise very well organized and produced podcast you're calling our podcast well produced why are you saying that incredulously (laughs) (laughs) why
1: don't we call eric back get his opinion (laughs) yeah
0: so yeah speaking of that eric thanks for coming on the podcast eric thank you so much thanks for you know Thanks for putting up with us and also thanks for you know giving us the inside scoop on on, on what abl's up to you know the the media landscape around abl because it's something that uh you know us here over in the united states we probably don't really have much of any way of engaging with that outside of like twitter so you know it is cool to get a, a first-hand look at how baseball's doing down under Yeah. Especially in the wake of their World Baseball Classic Cinderella run.
1: I figured I'd just put you on ice there for a second.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You like I waited you out.
1: <laughs> you totally did. No, Eric. Okay, he tried
0: good. to ice the kicker. Yeah. You know, we're, it's NFL season now. Mm. You know, so he tried to ice the kicker. And you know what? I split the uprights anyway. But guys, we have you know we we've been discussing we've had some real tense negotiations behind the scenes and we're thinking since i have not done immaculate grid yet
1: yeah, really fast i just came up with an idea on the spot oh cuz today's immaculate grid sucks it's got a bunch it of
0: pitch- does it's
1: got a it bunch of really pitching does. categories and it's not going to be fun
0: for teams that have historically had pretty bad pitching by the way
1: what if what if mm mm-hmm. mhm We've played Elmer Descends before. And if you remember with Orvin, we played team specific Elmer Descends, right? So we, you know, okay. oh, Yankees, you got to give me that guy. What if we played Immaculate Elmer Descends? Here's what I'm thinking I'll give you two teams. You got to give me a rando. You give me two that played for both, that kind of thing. So for instance, if I said, like, no, million, wait, no.
0: I no, think no, no. I get the the concept. I don't want you to spoil somebody I might pull. So,
1: All right. You want to try it?
0: Okay. G- give me two teams. Rockies, Tigers. Ryan Raper. That's easy.
1: <laughs> easy. Come on. That was like
0: the easiest one of all time.
1: <laughs> I wasn't setting you up. Those were just two days to come to mind. Go ahead. Give me one. Give me a Brewers, Orioles. Mm. Brewers, Orioles. K-Rod. There you go. Is he really (laughs) a rando though? I feel like he was rando on both those teams. All right, how about uh, I think this guy was a brewer. How about Jan marina's I don't know. (laughs) That's more like I'm pretty sure he was a brewer. Somebody fact check me.
0: Um, here, let's you know what? Let's fact check you. Yeah, and he's right. How do you spell Mariñez?
1: So it's J H A N, Jan marina So it's Martinez without the T. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, uh, let's see. Brewers, Orioles. There you go. Perfect. That's incredible. <laughs> How did you get that guy?
1: Because he's got a silly name. Because his name should be, in my head, it should be Juan Martinez, but he's like one letter off in each name. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. You or no? No, you, no, no. You
0: got to give me teams now. Yeah. All right. Um.
1: Let's see. How about how about A's White Sox?
0: Um, was Jarrell Cotton on both of those teams? Oh,
1: I don't think he was a White Sox. Dude. Oh,
0: damn it. Um, A's White Sox. Uh, I don't think Jameel Weeks was a White Sox. I don't think so. That's a good name though. I don't think Connor Gillespie was an A. No. Um, I mean, Gio Gonzalez was on both of those teams, wasn't he? But yeah. that's not really a rando. I can't believe you haven't said a guy yet. <sighs> you love this guy. I do. Yeah, he's an oaf. Billy Butler. The Adam no, he Dunn. wasn't a White Sox. Adam Dunn. Well, he's not a rando. Yeah, that's true. You you want me to make this game fun, or do you want me (laughs) to just get the first guy who comes to mind? Well, we can't get White Sox, Frank Thomas.
1: (laughs) We can't get stuck on one forever. Okay,
0: all right. I'm going to throw you a bone here, okay, because I know this is going to get me a good name. All right. I want to hear your best poll for... Twins, Phillies. Oh.
1: Oh, Twins. Now, see, I could say, like, Nick Punto, right? I mean, you're off to a great start. <laughs> I think I'm liking maybe, like, Blake Perkins, something like that. Mm. <laughs> a little Blake Perkins for you. Jim Tomey, obviously, would be too obvious. But I got I got a name. You ready?
0: Can I guess who it is? Sure. Is it Delman Young?
1: No, but that's a good name. <laughs> I think these guys equally random. Kyle Loesch. Oh, he was a twin. I think he started as a twin. Did he? I think he went. Twins. I'm not going to fact check that. I, I believe you. All right, give... I think he went Twins, Cardinals, Phillies, and then like Brewers. Okay, let me let me have another one final round. All right, all right. I'm having fun. I can play this for an
0: hour. All right, all right I'll yeah, give but, I'll but give but you this, a Phillies. This one. is to the public, you know. Phillies Cubs. Phillies Cubs? Yeah. I feel like Nate Shearholtz is low hanging fruit. Nate Sheerholtz is pretty random. <laughs> um, Phillies Cubs. Uh, I got one in mind. I might own. not be able to top Nate Sheerholtz off the top of my head. Um, Scott Ayer. Oh Scott Air's <laughs> very random. Now who's yours? Cody Ransom. Oh. <laughs> who's more random?
1: Ready? If you want to tell us who's more random, feel free to email us at the baseballpod at gmail.com. We'll reach out on Twitter at the baseball pod two at g- at or on that's the handle, that's the Twitter handle. I want to keep playing. Come
0: on, give me another team. Yeah, I, I, you get one more round. I'm going to give you Yankees. Let's go. I want a really good one for this one. Okay. I want Yankees Marlins. Mm.
1: Can I throw out a name and you tell me how random it is? I'm okay
0: with that. I would consider that a good experiment. Garrett Jones. (sighs) That's pretty good. You know, (laughs) the only time you don't get credit for that is if you pull him as a pirate. How about Nick Johnson? <laughs> Nick Johnson, who famously, in the words of uh former co-host cousin N, Nick's yeah. course uh, broke his hand signing his contract, <laughs> one of the most injury prone players of all time.
1: who's more random between those two?
0: Oh, Garrett Jones. <laughs> especially not... marlins yankees garrett jones
1: it's not even close to you
0: no garrett gi jones brother well,
1: was martin prado a yankee
0: i don't think so all right they're... that doesn't sound familiar all right I think he was like a d-back a marlin a brave uh what else was he a dodger all right i I, re- so I refuse so. to be done how about all right all right one more round
1: we're going to keep saying that until I'm satisfied. You mm, get okay. me. Uh, how about Mariners Indians? Mariners Guardi. Mariners Cleveland, whatever.
0: Okay. It, is it too easy if I just go with Franklin Gutierrez? Yes. I mean,
1: that's a good name, but no. he's. I, I want to get off in the weeds here. What about like Abraham Almonte? Oh, <laughs> beautiful. See, I always think Ben. I
0: have good. to fact check that. Hold on.
1: No, I think I'm that's fr- right. I think that's right.
0: Abraham Yeah, I don't
1: I don't know about you, but when I give you two teams, I usually have a guy in mind of like who I would put for that square. Right. And mine is mm, Yep,
0: yeah. yeah, Abraham El Monte.
1: Mine for those two teams is Ben Broussard <laughs> Ooh.
0: I think Abraham Monte is better
1: than that. <laughs> Abraham Monte is pretty random.
0: All right. Okay. Right. Let's go Royals. Royals Padres.
1: You're Ooh. not allowed
0: to say Will Myers. You're not allowed to say Eric Hosmer. Got to come with a true random. Will
1: Myers never played for the Royals. They traded him.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, they traded him to the Rays, didn't they? Yeah. Did you say Royals, Padres? Yeah. So no Eric Hosmer. Not random enough.
1: I gotta look this one up when. Although
0: I say in like 20 years, Eric Hosmer would be an incredible pull for this combo.
1: I I gotta look it up after I say this, but. I think Australian baseball legend Justin Huber.
0: Okay, I'm I'm fact checking this. Justin Huber. I'm pretty sure that's the winner. By the way, if if that's true, <laughs> yeah, wow,
1: yeah. I'm still not done. I'm having too much fun.
0: <laughs> How did you know that?
1: Um, like I knew he was a Royal because he. I think he played like a, a little bit there. Like he played for like a year or two. And I think he did like, he had a drink with the Padres. And I only know that because there's this Australian uh, baseball.com.au has like a YouTube channel and they right. have a playlist of each Australian that made the major leagues up to a certain point. I don't think they like keep up with it, but they, they'll they have like a, like, it's like 30 seconds on each player and it's like a little clip of them doing something great. And for like, yeah, the where'd they
0: find 30 seconds of Justin Huber? Highlights. Well,
1: that's the thing for like grant balfour and dave nielsen and stuff there's plenty of highlights for like justin huber and stuff you just got to take what you can get and there's one clip of justin huber taking like an ancient randy johnson yard when he was on the giants they like only <laughs> pop up my head. and I, and he was a padre in that clip so that's what made me think of it um, okay all right all right you give me
0: a b-back white sock um oh who, who's that pitcher is it daniel hudson i'm thinking of oh nice see carlos quentin popped into my head but he's too, he's not random. Yeah, that's a anymore. good one
1: although cousin Ence and saying carlos quentin is out with his with his usual case of aching knee. <laughs> <laughs> daniel hudson's a good one um all right my turn <laughs>
0: okay i'm giving you uh let's go braves braves uh braves rangers Mm. i mean andrew jones isn't random enough no but no, you rangers. can't you can't go with yeah, arguably rangers. the greatest defensive center fielder of all time yeah yeah rangers andrew jones though Sorry. oh very random but, but not random enough on the braves
1: how about darren how about darren
0: o'day oh you like i gonna say darren oliver <laughs> that, that would be pretty good i don't think Daniel? i don't know if he was a brave though is that random enough Darren O'Day?
1: Yeah, yeah he's a religious. Oh no, I got it. 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 Jared machia Oh there you go. There you go. Excellent work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You give me Ray's Mets. Ray's
0: Mets? Um Oh, Jorge Sosa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, thought, I thought of Victor Zambrano. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're the same guy in my head, but Jorge Sosa's more random. <laughs>
1: I couldn't tell you single team Jorge Sosa played for. I
0: you know, I so I, I had that combo in Immaculate Grid, and I put in Jorge Sosa and then I thought I was like was Victor Zambrano also on both of those teams and I looked it up and he was.
1: Yeah, yeah, Victor Zambrano got traded for Scott Casmir. That was a that was a bad deal for the Mets.
0: Okay. All right. Um how about uh how about Angels? um angels rockies oh see chris Ionetta is a little too he's i mean i don't know we're kind of getting away from the point where anybody would know who chris Ionetta is yeah but he was like a decent player for a while um he was sort of the cj crone of his time (laughs) another angel rocky yeah um
1: hmm. Angels Rockies like there's got to be like a bad pitcher that I can't think. Oh, I got one, Brian Fuentes.
0: Yeah, I was gonna go with Justin Spire.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's that that (laughs) wins. I I didn't know he's an angel.
0: (laughs) Uh, you know what? Let's let's verify that. I'm pretty sure he was an angel, but I have to be certain. I don't I don't want to get a fake win. You know. Yep, there you go. Three years on the Angels. Alright, your turn. Blue Jays Mariners. Um I mean you have Michael Saunders, but that's not random enough. It's a borderline. Oh, uh is Brandon League. Oh good for this one. <laughs> beautiful. beautiful. And um and uh Brandon Maurer, right? No Brandon Morrow. No. no. who am I thinking of? Brandon Morrow. Yeah. Another another relief. No, Brandon Lee It's really good. All Brandons. It's all Brandon's it's like Brandon, Brandon Mauer, ABL guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um how about Reds? Reds Astros. Well Joe Morgan, but that's not yeah, you know nice rando Joe Morgan, you know. Reds Astros? Um, I have one and I have to check them while you think because this is a good one hmm oh Scott Feldman ooh <laughs> okay I'm going with Jeff Kappinger
1: <laughs> oh Jeff Kappinger wins <laughs> Jeff Kappinger super random alright let's see how about Yankees-Mets
0: Yankees-Mets um was Benny Agbayani on the Yankees? I don't think he was. Damn it. Um you get like David Cohn. <laughs> no, come on. He's not random enough. He was good. Uh Let's see. A nice nice little rando for this. Oh, uh You yeah, know, he's only random on the Mets side, but Gary Sheffield no 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 his appearance on the Mets was very random but the rest of his career obviously was not Uh, the Braves legend Gary Sheffield Mets Yankees this one is beating me up a little bit Um, I got a name in mind you're going to like well don't say it yet don't say it yet was Tyler Clippard ever on the Mets? I don't think he was. I feel like he might have done He might have done the rounds. Let's see. I mean, he did the rounds, but I don't know if he did it on the Mets.
1: I started typing in Clippard, and a guy showed up named Clipper Flynn.
0: Oh, also, oh that guy. Tyler Clippard was a Met. Who knew? There you go. Do I get credit for that? Because I don't think I knew that. I think that yeah, was a dark I. throw. My guy was Luis Ayala. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, how about Red Sox Pirates? Oh, come on, dude. Joel Hanrahan. Yeah. I don't know who mine is. He's minus right. Pedro Siriaco. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pedro Siriaco. Beautiful.
0: All right. How about Pirates Blue Jays? Pirates Blue Jays. Um, was James McDonald a Blue Jay? No, oh, he was a Dodger. I'm setting yeah. you up for one that. I know you're gonna like. Um,
1: Lyle Overbay. No, but keep thinking on that, like Blue Jays team.
0: Oh, Travis Snyder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I knew you'd like that.
0: <laughs> you know what I, was, I had the handedness, and I had like the. I think maybe the position right. Actually, I think Snyder was a left fielder, but. Okay. All right. Last round. All yeah. right. We got to make this one good. I mean, we knew A's. Let's go A's Orioles. Hmm. Oh, Jameel Weeks. Oh, there you go. There you go. It <laughs> comes full circle. <laughs> hey,
1: come on. It all comes back around.
0: <laughs> it always comes back to Jameel Weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. if we're doing current, I think Cole Irvin is going to be pretty random.
0: I used him in Immaculate Grid the other day, and it was not a great pull. It was like 8%. So. Yeah, because he's, he's current. Yeah. Alright, all right. final yeah, bro, round. Like, yeah,
1: you know, like 10 years from now, Cole Irvin isn't going to be a winner.
0: Yeah. Are we doing... Are, oh, am no. I getting one more? Wait, or is it...
1: really fast. Really fast. A's Orioles? I should have said Jack Cust. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> you should That's on have. me. That's on me. Alright. Okay. <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> all right your last one braves rays braves rays yeah um is kelly johnson sufficiently random for that
1: come on kelly johnson was good
0: um also what a weird sentence to say kelly johnson was, good. was brooks conrad on the race he sure was <laughs> there you go that's gotta no i think pedro siriaco is a deeper cut than that but that's that's gotta be close i i mean what's the winner today probably justin huber (laughs) although i will say
1: what's more random justin huber or james
0: beresford Uh, well uh, listen you're playing james beresford over justin huber on the rando team every time yeah, James Beresford is pretty fan. <laughs> now, it is who's something we haven't talked about is is Randy Choate still the, the season winner? Is he still the season MVP or has he been outdone by like Wes Whistler?
1: No, because that's fraudulent. Well,
0: it's not really fraudulent, it's just playing with different rules. Oh, you know?
1: yeah, but that's not somebody's like true baseball. Like, wow, remember that guy? That's just Colin going. That guy's
0: now, uh, when Kenny pulled out Jan Hervis Solarte.
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Kenny pulling out Daryl Rasner. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I still don't know who that is.
0: <laughs> I don't know. We'll make a Twitter poll. We'll come up with, like, some some finalists. Randy Choate's the only spit take so far. Yeah, Randy Choate's was amazing. Oh, oh the... Eric Wedge, by the way, too, for the manager edition. Yeah, he was the clear winner on that If one.
1: you remember, we played two rounds of managers, and I said Eric Wedge and Don Wakamatsu. <laughs> and Real fast, let's managers. do a manager round. Do a manager round. Give Give me one.
0: Oh, no. Uh, I got to do a manager. Um, did I do Nick Leiva before?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? Nick Leva's a
0: good one. Ready? Jim Riggleman. <laughs> no, you used him last time. I did? Yeah. And then I used Jim Riggleman. You, James Riggleman. I don't know. You want him? You want him? No, no, no,
1: him. no that's all right. That's all right. How about, uh, how about Jack McKeon?
0: Isn't that dude like a Hall of Fame manager? I don't know. You know oh, I do you know, uh, damn it, <laughs> Bobby Cox. That's who I had. Uh, all right, all right, ready. put my Renteria. tongue.
1: Rick Renteria.
0: There you go. Oh, Maybe really... a little Ron Washington.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. He went to back to back World Series. He's well, no- did he win either
0: of them? He's no Walt Weiss. Well, that I'll give you that. <laughs> give you that. He's no Clint Hurdle. Oh, Clint Hurdle's a, Clint
1: Hurdle's a go one, man. <laughs>
0: but listen, not... we, I think we've wasted enough of people's time. Okay, that's true. I just want to say before we go, Ike Davis, yeah, um, easy. and you know you know there is one thing thing. there is one thing that i can't do it i i'm not set up for drops you know what well i'll do it i'll do it analog (laughs) (laughs) there is one thing that we know for sure about ike davis that he was yankees pirates great we do know well that's okay so there's two things we know for sure We know that and we also know that he cannot under any circumstances make claim to the following statement, which is His name is
1: Dan. Oh, it doesn't work as well.
0: No, well we'll do it. I'm doing what I can, all right?
1: Doing an analog.
0: Yeah. We're doing this is like playing a vinyl, you know? Oh, it's got that great vinyl sound. Yeah, but... kids today don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh it's not on my iPad. Uh <laughs> But yeah, that so we know that. and one thing that we do know about Dan Ugla is that he, as well as we, I don't I did not mean to turn this into Dr. Seuss, but <laughs> but it, we'll see you on the next one.